Hello and welcome to Lawyerish, a podcast for the people. Lawyerish is a safe space to learn, grow, inspire, and be inspired. So come along and ride on this fantastic voyage. Let us go be great together. I'm Brandon J. Wallace Esquire, and I'll be your captain. It's a whole vibe, a whole celebratory vibe, and I sure am glad you're here. Lawyerish is brought to us by Apex, where aptitude meets excellence. And our Voyage 5 today is brought to us by the one and only Cool and the Gang. This is Celebration. It's off their 1980 album, Celebrate. Little fun fact, it was the single of that album, and it was their only single to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It is indeed a celebration. Thanks for being a part of this journey. This is part two of our season finale. And I'm celebrating. We're celebrating together. Thanks for being a part of this journey. Let's get right in to our our roundtable. Friends, we are back and it's now time for our Lawyerish Roundtable. I have today my guest, a return guest, Miss Jennifer Laskin Esquire. Jen, thanks for jumping on the call for a few minutes today. You're welcome. I'm happy to be back with you. All right, very good. So I'm glad to have you back, uh, and we're gonna. I'm hoping to have you back more. We're we're working on some things, and so things. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, listen, we've got some questions from. Uh, some of our listeners, and you've agreed to, you've graciously agreed to spend some time answering them. We're, we, we're going to try to kind of keep it moving, because I know you're busy in Sacramento. I'm here in Memphis, and uh, we've got packed schedules, but uh, we're making time for the people today. Uh, so we'll just get jump right, uh, right into the questions, if you're ready. Yes. All right. So the first one is, help. I want to go to law school as a second career, but I have no idea what type of law or whether it's even worth it. Do you have any advice? This is a great question because I went back to law school as a second career and I have a lot of advice on this. I think that the first thing that anybody should know is that you don't have to know what you're going to specialize in when you begin law school. Everybody takes the same classes the first year. Everybody takes almost the same classes the second year. You should have an idea of whether you want to experience civil or criminal law so that you can start doing your internships and make those very prominent in your legal resume. But to enter law school and not know exactly what kind of law you want to practice is not a terrible thing because you really just need to get through the first two years anyway, and you need to have the best grades that you can possibly have. And what I did, what worked for me was that I did internships short internships, long internships, with as many different places and field experiences as I could. And that helped me understand if I wanted to be in the court, do litigation, do policy, work for a small firm, work for a big firm. Did I want to work with young lawyers or older lawyers? Did I want to go back to the school set? I mean, I chose to go back to school and teach law. I never thought I would go back to education, but I did. Never say never. And I'll finish by saying, I remember being in the car with my uh, mentor, Joe Tolman, who we all know, and Professor Tolman and I were driving from a juvenile hall. We had just done a site visit. And I said to him, I'm never going to work for the public defender. And he said, never say never. 
What was the job I did for two years out of law school? I was the educational advocate with the Maryland Office of the Public Defender. It was one of the best experiences in my career to date and will remain that way. You never know. So just have the best grades you can, make the most networks that you can, know about what kind of law you want to do, criminal, civil, that will help you. Don't be too caught up in the fact that you don't know what kind of law you want to practice. That will come to you as you go through law school. I probably yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I echo that. I think you're you're absolutely right. I I went to law school as a second career as well, and I had no idea what type of law I wanted to practice. I just knew I didn't want to practice criminal law. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that for sure. Uh, but I really enjoyed the criminal law classes, Crim One, Crim Two. Uh, and, and evidence uh, were some of my favorite classes. So, but I didn't. I still didn't want to practice, and I, I don't generally practice uh, criminal law. But um, not knowing what type of law you want to practice is not the end of the world. I agree with you. And you're right. You just sort of uh, sometimes it just comes to you, or you may have to practice a little bit to get some clinic experience if you're um, at a law school that 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 uh, promotes clinic uh, experience or offers clinic experience. That's a good way to kind of figure out where you want to, or where you want to do. Um, and then um, making connections, as you mentioned as well, I think is also good counsel, right? We talk to other lawyers who who practice law, going to these uh, uh, public uh, information seminars yes. or uh, those sorts of things are, are also helpful. Uh, I know I've done a lot with the uh, DC Bar Association, and they they put on these programs, particularly uh, if you're a law student or a practicing attorney, uh, where folks come on and talk about sort of the their their practice areas and give a little insight on what they do. And I found those to be very helpful as well. Mm-hmm. I did too. I attended a lot of those my first and second year of law school. At the law school, yeah. they bring back alumni. That was a very good piece of advice too. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move to the next question. Thanks for that. The next one is, the mother of my children and I split. I am concerned for their well-being. I provide for them, and I am a very active and engaged parent. My ex and I hardly see eye to eye on anything, and I'm afraid she will keep them away from me. What can I do? Well, do you have anything on that one, Jim? Yes, I do. Quite a few consults like this in family law. I think he, where this sounds like it's the husband, should seek legal counsel as soon as possible and file for custody or file for mediation. Definitely a state-specific and county-specific family law is very much so. But he needs to get to the court first so that the ball is in his court. And then from there, he has to mediate a court order on visitation and rights. He has to exercise his rights in court. I have seen so many people try and work it out on their own. And it goes back and forth and they have these arrangements and they pay cash child support one month and check the next month or Venmo or Zelle. None of that, when you get to real court orders, will calculate into what you have paid previously. And if the court finds that you owe X number of dollars in child support, and they don't go back and calculate all the $400 a month payments you've given your uh, baby mommy or baby daddy in cash, that doesn't get calculated. You could end up owing way more than you should because those cash payments are off the books. 
So I think this person just needs to get in court as soon as possible to get a court order and start this process of creating an agreement for the best interest of their children. Now, let me, you the, you just said something that I, I was not aware of because, uh, you know, the you're saying that uh, whatever payments are made, uh, you know, sort of previous to this, to court involvement don't count. It, is there a way for that to count? Can he like, you know, just keep track of those payments or get a receipt or, and it still doesn't come in. Is that what you're saying? No, you could do receipts. You could do things and try and show it, but the court doesn't have to accept it. And what if the other person says, you never gave that to me. That was for XYZ. I know a lot of people that say, oh, well, I've worked it out with my baby's mother and I just give her $400 a month and it works out and I give her the cash and that's how we like to do it. And then they get in a crazy fight or one person gets married again and the other person gets mad. So it's best just to have the court oversee and stipulate the agreement as soon as possible. People don't like to go to court. They're afraid of court. They think it's antagonistic. They don't want to upset the other person. And I think, not I think, another thing I see a lot of is fear. Like this person who asked the question says, I think she's going to try and keep the children away from me. So people go into these situations not knowing what their rights are, what they're entitled to. That person can't keep children away from you. It's not possible, but they can, if there's no court order, because they can just go off somewhere with the kids. They can send the kids to their moms for six months. They can do things. I had a friend in Jersey whose baby daddy took the kids to Texas and just wasn't bringing them back. And finally we convinced her to file for custody and support. And he was telling her stuff like, well, you'll never get my money. I don't earn anything. But you know what that guy had? A pension. Mm-hmm. He might not pay now, but I'll tell you the day after he turns 55, guess who's going to be drawing from his pension? Him and his children. <laughs> because yeah. we can attach to that because he had not been paying proper child support. So these are things that people don't think about. And I, I always recommend as quickly as possible getting court, even if you pro se file, you can file yourself. Every, I'll end with this, every family court has a self-help center or some kind of lawyer on call who at the least will look over the paperwork that you are filing to make sure that you're doing it correctly. They won't be your lawyer, but they will at least make sure that you file the proper documents because the courts don't want to have to send things back with mistakes. So this lawyer exists for judicial economy. Yeah, the the key thing for this uh, this listener is that you have rights, uh, ma'am or sir, a uh, person. <laughs> they have rights, um, and no one can take that away from you. But you can give them up, right? I, I hear a lot. I hear I hear a lot of this as well, right? Where it's like, um, well, she won't let me see my kids. Uh, well. Uh, sir or ma'am, you have to fight. Uh, th- those, the, you have rights as a parent, and um, no one can. A court has to take those away from you, not a person. And so, don't you don't have to just accept that. Um, and then I would also say, al- although you're right uh, that it may not be admitted, uh, if if you, uh, sir or ma'am, are paying child support, uh, I would keep records of that. Try to you know, keep receipts or, or keep a log. I think that's a, that's good. It may not be admitted as Jen says, but it's good. It's better to have that sort of evidence or that, that sort of proof than, than not. Um, any final words for this parent, uh, 
Jennifer with this concerned parent? I think that's a great question and a common one. Yeah, I, I agree. I right. that that's something that that we hear hear a lot. And so I just encourage you, uh, parent, to keep uh, to keep uh, up the fight and stay engaged. Uh, in and remember that the court is always going to consider what's best for the child. Right. So if um, if you can document parents, what, uh, you know, things that were that are happening that are not best for the ch uh, best uh, for the child or not in the be child's best interest, then you can document that. But you want to show that that you um, that uh, you you being engaged with the child and having some visitation and, and involvement is in the best interest of the child. And so you want to want to show that as, as much as possible. All right, we're running out of time, Jen, but I, I want to get to our last question because this is so good. Uh, this was directly, uh, directly towards you and your, your previous episode. Uh, it says, can you discuss the recent changes uh, to student loan repayments? I'm confused and don't really know what to do. So what can you share? I mean, this is a big part of what you, uh, what you know and do and you track it. What, what can you share about what's, what's happening now with student loans? Yes, about two weeks ago, the Department of Education put an extended pause on student loan payments. So the loans were uh, supposed to start uh, repayment collection again May 1st. That has been extended through August 31st. So we don't think payments officially at this point will start again until September, October of 2023. So right now, what should you do? Nothing. Just continue to not make payments. If you are making payments, because there's also a freeze on interest, if you are not, if you are making payments and taking advantage of the interest-free, um, the interest-free benefit, some people without the interest are managing to pay their loans off and do it like that. If that's what you're doing, then keep paying. But if you are taking advantage of the student loan payment pause, like 95% of the people are, don't do anything. Just keep checking your account online and it will just continue. If you are in public service loan forgiveness, those payments will continue to qualify as qualifying payments for public service loan forgiveness. Now, if you are in public service loan forgiveness, if you're a teacher or a nurse or working for a nonprofit or a government agency and you qualify, you must, and I highly recommend you submit another, it's called a PSLF temporary application qualifying form or something. Um, people can email me. I'm sure my email will be in the notes. I can email you a blank copy of it if you can't find it or call your loan provider, but you should recertify your employment anyway. I recertified my employment last year and they actually didn't calculate all my payments that should have been qualified during the pandemic, during the payment pause. I'm missing like 30 payments or something. So I just had to resubmit it this week and I'm waiting for them to count all of my payments. So. If you're in PSLF, you know what I'm talking about there. The last thing that I just heard is that income recertification does not have to be redone until March of 2023. So if you are in an income-based repayment, you don't have to recertify your income every year as we have been. You can wait until March of 2023. If you have been earning less money during the pandemic, you should recertify your income because you don't want to pay on your income as it was in 2019. But if your income has increased, some of us have, some of us got other jobs or we got promoted during the pandemic. If you have are earning more than you did the last time your income was certified, because they certify your income and then they base your payment on that, you don't 
have to recertify your income until March of 2023. You have a while. So those are the two big changes that happened. The last thing I'll say, I strongly suspect, and I believe pretty much 100%, I know that the Democratic administration of Joe Biden is going to do something else with loan forgiveness before the midterms. This is one of the only aces they have in their hole to get votes. Everything else is going pretty badly for this administration right now through not necessarily any fault of their own. But the one thing they have that can really make voters happy is action on loan forgiveness and public loan cancellation or restructuring the the, the payment uh, process or the interest. We don't know exactly what will happen, but I think they'll either extend the payments the payment pause through the midterms. So I think in August, they're going to come out and say, we're going to extend the pause through December. There's no way they're going to restart these payments right before midterms. I just don't see that happen. That is terrible okay. political or there might yeah, be some not- kind of cancellation. So that's all I have to say about that. So last part of that question, really quickly, 30 seconds or less here. Does POTUS have the power to just cancel uh, student loan debt with the stroke of a pen, as, as some argue? What's your view? My understanding is that he has received memos that he can, but the Dems don't want to. They There's some that want legislative action. They want it to be an act of Congress. And there's others that are saying, Joe Biden, you can do it. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, thanks for your input on that. Uh, thanks for taking the time again. I appreciate it. We're out of time and overtime, but you'll be back. Uh, this is great. Thanks so for our first I'm so excited about our upcoming venture, Brandon. Yeah. So we're going to be, there'll be more announcements on, on that to come. So anyways, thanks. We'll be right back. Hang tight. Bye. All right, friends, we are back and it's time for our Roundtable. This is super exciting. This, of course, this is our uh, part two of our finale episode, and we're jumping into our roundtable, the first portion of our roundtable. And I thought it would be fun to chat with our intern, our our my good brother who has been helping us um, uh, produce and publish this podcast. His name is Marcel Simmons uh, from Flint, Michigan. Uh, brother, thank you so much. I have thanked you uh, publicly and privately, but I want to take another opportunity to just say thank you, to just say thank you for all the work and the effort that you've put in uh, to this podcast. There's likely no lawyerish without you and without your hard work, uh, that without your dedication. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I uh, want to welcome you to Lawyerish as a guest. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Well, uh, you have served many roles uh, and do serve many roles. Everything, as I mentioned, from producer to creative sort of uh, uh, director or creative uh, consultant, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, you've been a technical person. You do you work on our marketing efforts as well. So you you have been your your hands are all over lawyerish. This is a, I mean, it's almost as much as your baby as it is mine. Uh, and so I'm really interested to, to pick your brain a little bit. Uh, but why? before we get into that, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Who is Marcel Simmons? So, hello. So I'm from Flint, Michigan, born and raised. I go to school at my community college. I'm going for my communications degree. Um, so that way I can 
you know, get in the marketing world and stuff like that and help people better. Um, and what's the name of your college again? Mott Community College. Wearing this t-shirt right now. It's just sideways. Mott. M-O-T-T. Spell O-M-O-T-T. Mott. Yeah. Okay, Mott Community College, and that's in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're studying communications, and you want to go into marketing. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Like, marketing, social media management, and just the wrong, just because I want to help people and, like, spread influence and, like, messages and stuff. So that's the world I want to get into. Absolutely. Well, you're going to be great at it, and it sounds like you want to do all the things that you're doing with lawyers. So I'm, I'm very glad um, that, uh, that that you are getting something out of the uh, the experience, because you're, you're certainly contributing uh, to us, and so so grateful for that. I, you know, I want to chat with you because you've been a part of this process, a part of this journey uh, since its inception, right? We've been talking about this. You started uh, sort of interning with with Apex, I think, back in November, um, and uh, and you've really been along for this journey, um, you know, the the entire time uh, before most people even knew about it. Um, I, what's been your, you know? What's been your experience uh, working with the podcast and I guess working with Apex in general? What's What's been your experience? My experience, it's been great, knowledgeable. I, when, before I went in here, I already um, had some knowledge of things, but as I've got in, like I've also like taught myself and just so happened, like I took some classes that also helped me with a lot of things that we do. Um, it's been, I want to say a great food for my brain, I want to say, um, as somebody who has to keep doing things, has to stay on top of work and everything like that, because, uh, depression is a so-and-so, <laughs> so I just have to stay on top and do it so lawyers has definitely helped me stay on my things and keep me preoccupied um even just like listening to it i've learned a bunch of more about brandon i um even his messages and stuff are more some nice feel for me to get up and go to work sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't listen to podcasts and stuff before yeah. so now i'm like all right you know, this is so interesting. Well, first of all, I'm so glad to hear you say that and, and glad to hear uh, that uh, this podcast has been a space for you uh, to be occupied and to be a safe space, right? That's what we're, that's the whole purpose behind it. So to hear you say that is um, is encouraging and, and thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your, for your transparency there. Um, uh, you know, so so I just I don't know I just I'm a little touched by that. I'm trying not to shed shed tears today, but I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I, I really I really really do. Um, what has been your? Let's just let's make it let's turn it a little more lighthearted, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. What's been your uh, most memorable moment about the show? Because you're like not only are you a part of putting it out you've been a part of sort of the planning of it you hear most of the episodes before the public does what's been sort of your most memorable moment about the 
about the show thus far, this season? Most memorable moment. Um, I would say it was actually your first episode because it was what you said that blew me so much out of the water. Um, not just to tell my girlfriend. Uh, you said it was about when how males always got something to say about abortion. And he said, how about we just put the babies and put in the meal? I'm like, hey, hey, there we go. Right there. <laughs> I love it. I remember that episode. That was our off of our poopy episode. Uh, I, I remember, actually, that's so, that's so interesting. You were probably one of the first people that I spoke to after, um, you know, we we got it produced and everything was lined up. We, you were, I, I was afraid to send it. Um, I was just the, I was crippled. I was paralyzed by peer, by fear. And you were the, one of the first people that I sent it to. I was just like, I just need, well, just tell me what you think. Like, I just, what do you, what do you think of it? And I, I'll never forget this. I think you said something along the lines of, I've never heard a black man say something. So something, I don't know what the word was. So Bold, or I, I forget what the word was that you. I forget. It, it was definitely a millennial word. I forgot what it was. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, I'm millennial Gen Z. <laughs> uh, but it, that you know, your your feedback uh, was so valuable to me because it sort of gave me. Uh, it was a reminder that I can create the space, right, um, and that um, that I have a voice, and that's part of the message I want to go out about the podcast is that, you know, you and I, you, me, the listeners, every person, uh, we have what it takes to create the space and to let our voice be heard. Um, number one. And then number two, you know, we are unique individuals created uh, fearfully and wonderfully. And um, our voice matters, right? In each space. And it only, it's only heard if, if we make it, if we make our voice heard and we, we can only do that by like taking action, like putting it out there. And you, you really helped me to, um, uh, to sort of honor and realize that in the, in the, in the first days of, of this podcast. So thank you for that. Um, and it looks like we're kind of giving to each other a little bit, right? We're, you're, you know, you're, it's helping you sort of move through some of your dark times and, and certainly you've helped me, uh, you know, do that. I, I hope the podcast itself is doing that for more uh, and more people. And I, I really believe it will, uh, and it does, right, uh, on a day to day basis. So, so thank you for that. Any other? Uh, so that was your most memorable moment. It was uh, it, that was um, duly noted. Uh, it was your most uh, memorable moment from our first episode. Uh, any other sort of a thing you want to just talk, talk about or mention or that stands out to you about the season? Like, uh, I mean, we just have grown so much. I mean, gosh, we have, it, this has been a journey. Uh, any other sort of You're, overall feedback or comments on the season itself? Yeah. Um, so another thing coming into this, I was blown away by the, array of people you know now let me give you some context i live in where i come from like the only only like two people in my family have graduated from college and that would be my mom and another one of my aunts nobody else has went and stuff like that so 
seeing like oh my god like so many other people of color who are in these higher up positions who got these like 10 out of 10 straight up professional tier jobs and are straight up motivated it was uplifting in the seed and it made me feel more of like i'm in a space where like oh yeah i can really do something yes (laughs) (laughs) that is our purpose it's our mission um and I, 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 I'm so glad that you that you've taken that from the show because that is really one of our one of our goals is to highlight black excellence um, because we just don't see that enough. I think that was sort of the reason one of the reasons why we created the podcast is just because um, we just need more content, more good, valuable, uh, enriching content. And I just you know I don't know that we have a lot of that, enough of that, right? Um, particularly when it comes to law, but also just in general, like most of our, most of what we deal with or what we hear about in our community is either entertainment related or, you know, violence related or uh, justice related, right? Uh, And and nothing wrong with any of those things necessarily, right? Those are a part Mm -hmm. of life um, and, and, you know, that's, that's the truth of it. But I, I wanted to just create a different space that was a safe space, right, for people to learn and grow and inspi- be inspired, right, and, and inspire, right? That's the goal. And so what I'm hearing from you is that, that it served that purpose for you. And I, I've heard that from so many other people, too, as well, like just emails and all that sort of stuff from, from people uh, who have had similar experiences and who are taking, like, the wellness checks very seriously and, uh, being impacted by the motivational moments and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, thanks for sharing that. All right. So, listen, we are running out of time. We got a couple of minutes. I want to get to, uh, you know, the I wanted to get to the outlook, right? The future outlook uh, for you and for us, right, as a podcast. So, what is it as someone who has been producing this episode? I mean, these uh, these episodes, this, this podcast. Um, what would you like to see moving forward? Like, what where would you like to see, you know, for the future of the podcast? Uh, and then I'm going to circle back on the second question, was, which is, I want to know what, what do you see for the future of you, for Marcel, professionally? Like, what do you, uh, how can the people, right, support you and your vision uh, moving forward? So take the first question first, uh, which is uh, for the podcast. What do you... What's your vision for the future or wish list for the future? My wish list for the future is I want to, to be honest, like I want to be like on Breakfast Club, (laughs) to be honest with you, because it's the type of stuff that we talk about that really needs to get heard other than I'm not like dissing nobody or anything like that, but it's like, it's things like this that we need to be more proud of and we need to like promote more of um, and get more used to Um, bring it make it more of a cultural thing that's what we need make a cultural shift for it so it's becoming more of a norm that way it's we just flourish on its own I love that All right, I received that uh, okay, and and for you professionally, for Marcel, like, what do you see for your future? You're in school. Uh, how much time do you have left in in, in school? Uh, got about a year okay. left. Um, 
some more credits I need to wrap up. Um, as far as professionally for me, I think about this nearly almost every day. What I dream of, like, years from now, when I'm, like, probably, like, 40, 50 years old, like, I want to own my own nonprofit, basically. I want to be in a position where I can actually go out and, like, say, here you go and help them. I don't want to dilly-dabble in politics, really, because I do... I've do stuff with politics in my city right now and nah uh uh it, 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 it's too many corners it's too many benches you gotta cut over it's too many people you gotta hoops you gotta jump over to just to get somebody some simple help so I would rather do that and be in a more easier which I can just be like here you go right then and there you got a heart of gold, my friend. Uh, I, I love to see it. I, and I, you know, hearing you talk and working with you, it is so encouraging um, because, um, you know, to see somebody that's 21 years old who's committed to service, uh, committed to working hard. You know, you hear people like Kim Kardashian say nobody wants to work these days, which is just total crap. Uh <laughs> Total crap. I don't know who she's hanging out with. Actually, we do know who she's hanging out with, and they don't like to work. Uh, but <laughs> the rest of us, we've been working and are working, and you're you're just a prime example of that. I love to see it. Uh, you know, hearing you and working with you is is something that I uh, I value greatly, and it gives me courage about the future because if we've got young people like you who are going to take over the reins, we will be in good hands, my friend. So. Anyway, we are out of time. Thank you so much for spending time uh, doing this and all that you do, uh, brother. You are uh, you are a shining star. The best is yet to come for you, and I cannot wait to see where you go and what you do. In the meantime, we're gonna wrap it up before we get too emotional. Before I get too emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you for your time. We will talk again. So, friends, we'll be right back. Hang tight. Welcome back, friends. It is now time for our motivational moment. I'm super excited about this roundtable motivational moment because I have, for the first time on this segment, a guest. Uh, and not just any guest. This is a very special guest. If you're watching on YouTube, then you see my mother here, Miss Angela Rogers. Mama Angela, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I'm really glad to, to have you and to share this space with you uh, once again. You, by the way, uh, folks, friends, this is probably the, the show's number one fan. And so <laughs> uh, this is a super exciting uh, space uh, for me to share with you. And so thank you for, for making the time. Thank you for having me, sweetheart. Absolutely. We are here in Memphis, Tennessee, <laughs> in my eh, childhood home. I think that's fair to say. Most of my childhood here. Um and so uh, we're just going to take this opportunity uh, to share uh, this motivational moment. Uh, Mom, you have such an incredible story, uh, an incredible testimony, um, really, of how you were on the brink of death, right? If we're, yes. you know, we're not mincing words here. I mean, you almost were off off the grid forever. You almost yeah. went on to glory. Absolutely. Um, but you're here, and you have such a wonderful testimony. I'm so grateful that you're here, by the way. Thanks for... You know, not leaving. Mm -hmm. so, 
so glad to have you. I love you very much, and um, I'm so grateful for your life and, and for all that you've done for me um, and for the world. Yeah, the, the Lord is not done with you yet, uh, and I'm, I'm excited about that. But I, I want to... Uh, <laughs> what'd you say? I'm thankful. Yes, amen. Amen to that. <laughs> And the best is yet to come. Um, But I I want to share, I want to just get back, get right into it. Um, Our motivational moment um, this this week, we're going to just have you share your story, right? You have uh, talked about publicly, publicly this concept of roof digging friends. So, um, you know, just before we get into just a little bit more about your your story, you were about 70 days in the hospital. Mm -hmm. You had covid um, twice you had the regular COVID, I guess, and and then the Delta variant while you were in the hospital mm-hmm. uh, it was a very very tough and trying time. There was you know a lot of times a lot of that time in the hospital uh, you couldn't see anybody. You couldn't you mm-hmm. you spent some time in ICU. You couldn't have guests for a while. This was a very difficult time for you <laughs> and for our family and and mm-hmm. for your friends and, and 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 all of our sort of church family and I mean there was just. There was a period of time where it was really touch and go. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a very, very uh, unsettling space uh, for, for me. And I can't imagine what you were actually going through uh, and experiencing. I've heard some of it, but it was a challenging time for, for all of us. Um, but you, know, you have talked about this, these roof digging friends. And I, I, if you would, and, I, and I, my understanding is that the roof digging friends saved your life. Uh, but I don't know what that. You know, a lot of I do know what it is, but a lot of people don't know what it is. So okay. why don't you tell the people what what is it? What is a roof digging friend? Where'd you get that from? What, what is that? Uh, help us understand a roof. What a roof digging friend is. Gotcha. Let me unpack that. Okay. For you. Yes, I like that. <laughs> Let me unpack that for you. That phrase comes from a scripture, um, Luke chapter five, verse seventeen through thirty-nine. It's found one or two other places in in the Bible. And there's this man who's paralyzed and Jesus was in his town. He was there, I believe it was in Galilee, and he was in a house healing people and people were experiencing healing. And and this particular man was on a bed of what they are paralysis bed or he was sick and he could not walk. He could not. He was paralyzed and he his friends had gotten him to where Jesus was, but the crowd was so dense that they could not get through the crowd. They got him on his bed and they literally could not get through the crowd. They couldn't, it was just packed with people. Yeah. They're trying to get, they're trying to get to Jesus so that they too can be healed or at least to witness the miracles that were happening there. And so Um, his friends get him there. There's a huge crowd. They can't get through the crowd and into the house. His friends in a moment of ingenuity, maybe, I don't know what you want to call innovation, ingenuity, uh, desperation for him or whatever. They decided that that was, that couldn't be the answer that, you know, we didn't come this all this far not to get you in front of Jesus. So they took they took the they took it upon themselves to dig to climb up on that house, dig a roof 
cut through the roof and lower the man through the roof in front of Jesus so that he could receive his healing. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Just the thought of that, right? You you can, I can just sort of see this in my head, right? Mm-hmm. They they are, they got to, maybe they got to the door, right? They got to the entrance and they're like, look guys, we are, we're up to code, the fire department. Look, <laughs> right. We're, we can't allow anyone else. We've reached else. legal capacity. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. We can't let anybody else yeah. in. You guys got to go or come back another day, right? That's just not going to work. And those friends saying, yeah, Look, that's not, n- not good enough. Yeah. We're, we're not having it. Like this man, we brought him here to be healed. Yeah. And so they searched out another way. What I mean, and all of those people there were, they had this tunnel vision, but they were so desperate for their friend to receive the miracle that he needed, that they climbed on top of the house uh, and duck, cut a hole through the roof. Trespass. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lo- look, legally speaking, lawyerishly speaking. They, huh? they trespass on this property. Uh, and then they destroyed. This is like destruction of property. Uh, uh, and then they committed further trespass, right? They were trespassing anyway when they got on the roof. And then when they cut a hole, that's destruction yes, of property. Absolutely. And then they I imagine of- they, yeah, but I imagine they just. Look, by any means necessary. Yeah, well, that's clearly. I mean, not, yes. you have to imagine. I mean, that's really yeah. what they said. I said we're gonna, we're gonna uh, get our we friend. We gotta before. get you in front of Jesus yeah. because we know reputation has he has preceded him, and we know that what you need is right here in this place, and we're not leaving here until you until get until you get it. Yeah, that's that's a I, yeah. So that is a roof digging friend. That's a right? roof digging friend when they see what your need is. That you have a need, and sometimes they see what you don't see. Yeah, you, your friends, right? yeah, your friends will see can see things that you don't see that you need. Um, but they saw his need. They knew his need. They knew him. They could have been childhood friends for all we know. Yeah. And 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 this happened to him. And they saw it happen and change and transform. And they just knew that Jesus was here and that they had to get him in front of Jesus so that he could experience his healing and wholeness. Yes, I love that. Um, so, so tell me then, um, right, we understand what a roof digging friend is. Mm-hmm. How does that... Uh, relate to you and your story. Oh, absolutely. Let me tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> Gladly. Uh, I have um, some really awesome friends, and there have been roof digging friends who have seen me, who have walked with me throughout these months of recovery. Mm-hmm. And so, kudos, blessings, thank yous to every single one of them. On the front end, there's this one friend. One roof digging friend, Sharon, who we were talking that day, um, texting back and forth, just checking up. And, you know, she knew I had COVID, so she was checking in on me. And you had been in quarantine for a little while at at this Mm -hmm. point and... You know, just kind of, you were doing okay and... Yeah, I was on the tail end, actually. I was probably two to three days... On the, to, to the end of my quarantine and she was checking on me. I had been outside that day doing stuff in the yard. I shouldn't have been, I should have known my mama told me, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but outside doing stuff, washing the dog, doing all kinds of stuff when I should have been resting, but I was outside doing those things. And by the time I came in, I was so, I wanted something to eat, but I was, I had literally no 
ability to prepare something for myself to eat. And so I went and laid down. I text her. She said, you know, she, I found out later on that she said, you just weren't making sense. You, you weren't, she called me, um, wasn't making sense. And so, um, she, she said, what's, what's going on? Just something's not right. She just knew something wasn't right. And that's the biggest thing is that she reckoned, she knew me well enough to know that something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. I wasn't talking right. I wasn't articulating. I just wasn't, I wasn't myself. And so she was so adamant about finding out what my oxygen level was. Now, I didn't even know to check my oxygen level. I've got COVID, but I didn't know anything about checking my oxygen levels. I had no clue about any of that. Didn't really know. Yeah, I just didn't know. And so she wanted me to check my oxygen levels. I did not have a pulse oximeter. Uh, and by the way, a pulse oximeter, folks, that's something that you clip on the tip, on the of, your tip finger, of your finger, you can buy it over the counter, and it will tell you what your, well, your oxygen level yeah. is. And blood and oxygen level, right? That's something like that. Is it blood oxygen level or just, we don't know. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> Good I think question. it's blood oxygen level, yeah. but, you know, but basically it lets you know what your, what your oxygen level what your oxygen is. is. And, and a healthy oxygen level is in the 90s. Uh, upper, upper 90s, 90s yeah mm -hmm. close to upper 90s yeah. yeah but you know 96 99 really you know 98 99 you're good yeah. um and and yeah, anything and, below that is they don't like they that, yeah right? they they start watching you but yeah. i she now let me just tell you how i ended up getting the oximeter first and then i'll tell you what my oxygen level was she was, she said, I just think you need to, I just want to know what your oxygen level is because you just, you're just not sounding, you sound, you know, whatever. And so she was at work, very busy, trying to get her daughter. She was that concerned that she said, okay, I can't do it. Let me get my daughter. Let me get, so let me call Sharday and tell her. Call to, somebody else. Yeah, let me see who, <clears throat> what else I can make happen. And so. She was able to do it, but it was going to be later on. That wasn't good enough for Sharon. She was like, no, that's too long. I don't, I need her to have that now. I need, so she, whatever she had to do, she stopped what she was doing, got to the drugstore and got a pulse oximeter, $40 pulse oximeter. God was even in that and she paid eight bucks for it. <laughs> so, um, and she got it and she took and off she, work. She took off work, yeah. got it to me. She brought it here to my house, hung it on my door because I'm in quarantine. She couldn't come in. So she hung it on my door and I got to the door to get the oximeter and got back to my bed. I couldn't, I just didn't have the strength to be anywhere else but in my bed. And so I checked it. I was laying down. I remember that when I checked it and it was in the 60s. Mm. My oxygen, pulse ox, my oxygen was in the 60s. And I had a, a lady who was a retired nurse. She said, for those of you who don't know, I've got medical experience. And for those of you who don't know, when your oxygen level is in the 60s, you're at a point where your organs are starting to shut down. Think, you, you know, so, so almost, you know, getting, you're, you're embarking upon a point of no return. Mm -hmm. 
especially being here at home yeah, and not without being with, without support, any yeah. medical support at the time. So had she not done that, I literally, I, I literally had it not been for Sharon Smith, I would have laid in my room with my family in the next room and died. Yeah, you might have gone to sleep and never and never awakened. Um, but because of a roof digging friend mm -hmm. who would not settle who recognized that something was going on with me, that I'm not myself. And she refused to settle like that man and his friends, yeah. like his friends. He re They refused to settle. And I, I, I've shared before that he may, you know, he'd been possibly paralyzed for a while. I can't remember. Uh, and, and he had probably been, you know, faced some disappointment along the way. And he probably felt like just, you know, hey, same day, I mean, different day, same story. You know, I, I you know, I will just come back another time. I'll try it again. I'll get healed another day. His friends were not having it like, like Sharon. And Sharon called, and I don't know how all of this transpired. I still to this day don't have the clarity yet of how it all transpired. Um, but Sharon called, looked, called got Brianna on the phone somehow Brianna called Latoya I don't I don't know how Brianna, any, your daughter my, my daughter yeah <laughs> I, I just I'm I, I just don't I don't really have the clarity of the absolute facts but the point of the matter is this uh, and and Latoya she made sure now I have there's a hospital very close to me in three to five minutes from me. But Latoya said, no, we're going to get her to, we want her to go to this hospital. That way I have access to her. I can get to her. I can check on her. There are people who are there. We know. So Latoya, can, by the way, is a nurse. Is right? a nurse, a nurse practitioner member. and a church member. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, um, so they, you know, they sort of, she coordinated yes. to make sure you got to the right hospital. Yes, and they called, somehow 911 was called. I don't know who called, yeah. Brianna. They were here my quickly. Daughter. Yeah, they were here quickly. They came and got me. And, yeah, and so, yeah, that, there you have it. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's what roof digging friends are all about, right? Yes. It's like, you know, and you've had, uh, just as a quick quick sidetrack, you have a lot of other roof digging friends who have mm -hmm. stepped in, who were who were stepping in in, the, in that space too, even even during that space. It just sort of didn't. Uh, they they weren't moment. on the front yeah, end. They weren't was, on the very that initial. Yeah, that's right. That was Sharon's sort of moment to to to, to dig the yeah, roof. Right? Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> and then others have come in to dig further oh and to drag or to pull. Yes, and to, you know, yeah, you, to lift yeah, and to climb right. and to cut and, yeah, and right. all of that. So and it's yes. been a blessing to 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 witness that, mm -hmm. um, which is really why um, I, I wanted to to have you come on and talk about this because that's our motivational moment. Yeah, it is so important uh, to be surrounded by people, uh, by friends who will go uh, to the mat for you, who yep. will yep. Uh, see you, see, look, and, and see. They'll look beyond what they see. Yeah, and under, and also know, right? Know and that no, that's not where that's you're right. supposed to be. That's, that's not how you're supposed to be. That's not you. That's not you, yeah. And I want to, and, and friends, your real friends, your roof digging friends, mm -hmm. will do what they have to do uh, to make sure that you get to what you, you need, need to, to get to. Yeah. That's right. They'll they'll cut open. They'll create openings and spaces for you where you can't create for yourself. Yes, they'll indeed. they'll you know they will do for you 
what you cannot do for yourself oftentimes. And something we talked about this, that sometimes, you know, you don't even see, we don't even see our need. I had no clue I was in that kind of danger. I didn't know. Had it not been for her and her persistence, I said that already, I probably would have laid there right in my bed. And my kids, yeah, would have been... Yeah, they, they, they'd be in a different space right now. So yeah. I'm I'm very, very grateful to have had the wisdom and the guidance of the Lord to choose some friends who truly are roof diggers. They're authentic. They love me authentically. Yeah. And they see me. They see me. And I've been blessed by that all along this healing and recovery journey by folks who who see me. And even when I felt like I yeah, felt a whole lot of different ways in the recover in the recovery process. Those people have stepped in. They have, you know, made grocery runs. They have taken me to therapy. Yeah. They have, they have just come over and brought food. I mean, I, I cooked meals. Think of a few people. Yes, uh, uh, Becky, Karen. Loves Karen. Becky. Uh, uh, what about uh, Samella? Uh -huh. Samella cooking meals for yeah. me. My godmom and sister just, you know, and, and my now, Sandra Hoof. Right? Yes, These are people uh -huh. who are yes. Yeah, just have been in the grit and the grind with me. They see my ugly days, you know. They see my ugly days. I remember when I was in, you know, we couldn't, I couldn't talk for a while, but Karen, and she couldn't come, my my oldest and dearest friend, and, and she couldn't come. But every night, every night, she would call and she would pray for me. Mm. Every single night we had a had a, had a time each evening where she would call and if if I was either I could have been in the ladies' room indisposed or whatever in the shower anything and she would leave the prayer on my voicemail so that I could listen to it and she, you know just people all around me speaking healing and speaking life and speaking not just to my physical need, but to the spirit in me, yeah. to and and speaking to the spirit in me, and so that that has just been a beautiful thing to to behold, right? To I, behold, to be a, a part yeah, you're of. You're a recipient of it. I've witnessed it, and it's yeah. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. But I, we got to wrap this up. Uh, you're gonna have to get your own show. Uh, if, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but. I just wanted. I just love that. I love that. I, I, and, and and that's why I really wanted to share this moment. As I mentioned, I, I just want to talk to the people for a minute mm -hmm. and just remind you that um, remind us that it's so important who we call friends. Mm. Be careful who you call friends. Friends, <laughs> make sure that you surround that we are surrounding ourselves with people who will open doors for us, mm. who will go to the mat for us, who will put us. Uh, in places of light that we need yes. and who will pull us uh, out of dark places. And and pull put us in the presence of Jesus. That was the most important thing to me. That was the, the, these people put, they put him in the presence of Jesus. They lowered him. And, and that's, that's no small thing. That's, that's so important because that's where 
that's where his healing was. That's where, you know, he needed to be there. Yeah, right, right. They saw that. I, I, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and I, and I think that's something that uh, certainly has got to be highlighted. Um, but, you know, the friends, Roof Digging Friends, it, I mean, it's, it's obviously this is about Jesus, but, but I want to, you know, but for you, I mean, it was really, it was the hospital, right? That's yes, where you need that's, to be. That's, that's, <laughs> Sometimes it's also, that's the parallel. Yeah. It's also the mental health, yep, right? The it's, counselor, yeah, that's right. the, the intervention. Yeah, that's right. Or there are lots of spaces that we may not know we need, but the people around us know that cut we cut the hole yeah. and put and you, get you get where you put you to the place where you that need is to be. so good. That is so good. So motivational moment this week, friends. Make sure you're surrounded by people who um who are roof digging friends for you mm-hmm. and who you would do some roof digging for. Yes. That's two sides of the same coin. Don't call mm-hmm. for somebody your friend. Who you won't do some? We're not gonna dig the roof. Come on, <laughs> that's a word. Mm-hmm. All right, friends. Anything else? Uh, let me just give you uh, the last word, mommy. Um, thank you for again for doing the show. I love you so much. I really do. I'm so grateful that you're my mom, and uh, I don't take it for granted. Uh, but I want to give you an opportunity to maybe uh, you know just give a final word to uh, to the people or to the to your roof digging friends or whomever. Right? Just the the final word is yours, but don't take too long. Right? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yes, <laughs> okay, so I had to sneak that one in. But um to my friends, I I just want to thank you. Every I'm, I I could just oh my lord. I I just want to thank you for letting God use you to speak into my life. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, I, I almost don't know where to go with this. It's so vast and it's such a big deal that I, I'm grateful to you. Thank you for following the, the prompting of God to see about me every single time and for not, for not downing, downplaying what you sensed I needed. Thank you for that. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. You didn't downplay what you sensed, regardless of me saying I might have been okay or whatever the case may be. You've given me what I needed because you are authentic in your love for me and in your fellowship with God. And you listened. Thank you for that. Yeah, for my entire family. Thank you for that. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. Friends, take a moment to check on your roof digging friends today. Call them. If you've got an intuition that your friend needs help, check on them. Do it. Listen to that. Yep. Guarantee you'll be glad you did. They will too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. All right, friends. That is it for your motivational moment. We'll be right back to wrap things up. Thanks, mommy. Love you. You're welcome, baby. I love you too. Well, friends, gosh, we have done it again. It is a wrap, and this will conclude our first season. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. I am so honored to share this space with you. Thank you for sharing it with me, allowing me to be your captain throughout this first season of Lawyerish, a podcast for the people. This safe space is one 
um, that I cherish and love and will always love. And I love you too, friends, for being a part of it. Thank you. There is no lawyerish without you. I want to give a big thanks to all of my guests throughout the season, all of these uh, episodes. And if we count all the episodes, including the prologue and this one, you know, we actually did 10 different episodes. They didn't all look the same, but 10 different recordings that we've put out for the public over the past few months since February of 2022. And it has really, truly been a journey. A lot of ups and downs and mistakes and uh, audio and tech issues, and video issues, my goodness. Uh, but, you know, the goal is not the destination. Sometimes, uh, a lot of times, the goal is the journey. Uh, it's the growth, the, the things that we learn, um, stepping outside of our comfort zone and just doing what needs to be done to be great and to be well. And so I think this podcast is just that, is a, is a prime example of that. I'm interested to know uh, what, what that looks like for you and for your journey, your personal journey. How has Lawyerish uh, been able to, to assist you? You know, you can find us uh, on Instagram at BWALAESQ is my personal Instagram. Of course, you can also follow at Apex Group DC. You can also email us, lawyerish at apexgroupdc.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love your feedback. Keep sending your questions as we prepare for a season two. Uh, we want to hear from you. What do you want to hear about? What type of law are you interested in? What have you always been curious about? We will uh, do our best to uh, unpack that. So please uh, send your information in. I've got a big, i got to say a big thank you to the folks who have uh, helped to produce and publish and Promote a lawyerish. Uh, so certainly want to thank our intern, uh, Mr. Marcel Simmons. Blessings to you, my good brother. To my friend Jeanette Smith of Dash Coordinating and Marketing. Thank you for all your efforts and your work. And of course, to my main man, Mr. Keith Jackson, uh, for helping to produce all these episodes, produce and edit them. There is no lawyerish without those folks, and so. I really want to say thank you to them. Uh, thank you for supporting my dream and my vision uh, and for helping to uh, put this out for the public in, in, in excellence. Thank you uh, so much for that. Uh, my guests today, uh, again, Mr. Marcel Simmons, uh, Keith Jackson, and Jen Laskin for doing our, our Lawyers Roundtable. Thank you all so much. And of course, thanks to my mama, Mama Angela, for being on and, and giving us uh, that wonderful motivational moment uh, that we've just heard. So thank you all for being a part of the show uh, today. And thank you for listening. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and comment. Like any voyage, it's always just a little bit more fun if we can bring a friend or two along. So these episodes are available. They're not going anywhere. Uh, so please do share and uh, subscribe and like and comment, as I just stated. <laughs> well, friends, don't forget, uh, even though we didn't do a wellness check today, uh, remember to mind your wellness so that it doesn't mind you. Deal with your wellness, right, so it doesn't deal with you. So important. <clears throat> Until then, we are celebrating. This is a milestone, a major accomplishment for you and for, I, for me. 
And we've done this together. I could not have done it without you. So thank you for making this dream, this podcast dream, a reality. As you know, this is way outside of my comfort zone. So this opportunity, I do not take lightly. Well, friends, wishing you well. Thank you so much again for your support, your love. I love you with the love of the Lord. and ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Until next time, friends, be well.